I didn't really dig the uh, the red and black wolf pack as much. I don't know. At that point, yeah, they did. And at that point, I feel like NWO was becoming bigger than WCW in general. And they were just like, let's just throw NWO on everything and see what sticks. It was a different movement at that point. It wasn't this big wrestling renaissance so much as like, let's just sell as many as we can with the maximum eyeballs that wrestling has right now. They capitalize on the moment. That oh, wrestling absolutely. has never topped that little era in time. It was a weird time where, like, it, it felt like, and, you know, mind you, we were children, so everything seemed more, I don't know, monumentous to us, but it seemed like everyone in the country was watching wrestling from, like, poor people to rich people, all ages. Everyone was watching wrestling. And I know that's probably not the case, but there were clearly more eyeballs on wrestling when we were children in the nineties than there has been ever since. And probably before. Yeah. And it wasn't just a regional thing. I don't think mind you, you know, we're in this, we were in the South and that it wrestling was bigger where we live, but I do feel like it was kind of a, a nationwide thing at the time. People still don't think it's real. Yeah. That's crazy. How could you not think it's real? Yeah. Like, like, are you telling me that you don't think that the undertaker is the son of the devil? Or that Kane is his brother? Yeah, Kane burned the house down. Yeah, how would you? I That's mean, why like, he went to therapy. Were those flames fake? What happened to his girlfriend, Katie? Did they ever like live happily ever <laughs> after? Man, you need to watch The Legend of Vox Machina. I, I just mean, I just love the, the critical role, folks. The, the three episodes I just watched were really good. Nice. If you are a Dungeons & Dragons fan, and you appreciate the lore of it, and you appreciate the building of a story arc and developing characters and the, the role-play elements, the fantasy elements, it has it all. It is a Dungeons & Dragons-style story told by Dungeons & Dragons nerds for Dungeons & Dragons nerds. I mean, oh, it's like, perfect. Is, it Matt, is Matt Mercer narrating? I think that is him narrating. And what they did is it's based on... Uh, our buddy Zach was telling me, I think it's based on the first campaign that Critical Role did, like from their YouTube series. Yeah. You know, when they followed up Chrono Trigger, which is a decent game that I, I think is okay. Um, when they followed it up with Chrono Cross, a lot of fans, myself included, were really disappointed in it. I want to go back and play it again, but Final Fantasy, or not, but PlayStation needs to get their head out of their ass and figure out a way to get me to be able to play it without playing it on a PSP or going and finding the PlayStation disc and playing it on a PlayStation 1 or PlayStation 2. The fact that I can't download this game on my PlayStation 5 is a crime, but I want to go back and play it because I think that it would probably probably be a lot like what you're talking about sure, where you go sure. back and play it and you're like, oh, I didn't give this game its fair shake just because it didn't follow up to what the greatest RPG of all time. Arguably, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 just the greatest. Yeah, what, I mean, one of the greatest RPGs of all time, no doubt. So, yeah, the greatest game of all time. and um, The greatest thing of all time. <laughs> Who's going to win the football games today? I'm hoping Bengals and Rams. You know, our buddy Chris, who is a diehard Bengal fan, was like, you know, if you think back on it, Joe, Joe Burrow doesn't lose big games. He has still yet to lose big games when it matters, you know? 
Yeah, I mean, when you think about the big quarterbacks of the future that are basically guarantees, you know, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen. Would you put Lamar in that group? No. No, okay, just curious. No, and it's not that he can't have a bigger – it's not that he can't win as many games. It's not that he can't win a Super Bowl. I think he can, but it's going to be in a different way from how the NFL usually contrives it. He does. I love play. your I love your cynicism about the NFL and how they like yeah. tamper with everything. Do you think the NFL tampers with the how uh, uh, the result of a game? more so than any other league, like major sports league? Yeah. There's too much money on the line. Now, 20 years ago when all the Super Bowls were blowouts and everything, but there's just too much – there's just way too much money on the line. I don't know Kurt Warner going from a a supermarket to the Canadian Football League to MVP, Super Bowl champion, and then, uh, you know, Ray Lewis wins the Super Bowl. Um. We'll just because he had God on his side. Yeah, we'll just gloss over that. Um, and then slowly it started to taper off again because Tom Brady won every single year and wasn't allowed to lose ever since. And now it feels like it's like really coming back again. So, and the gains have been great. So, yeah, no, absolutely. It's all the reason for it to be contrived. I'm not saying that, like, I'm not saying it's like it's predetermined, like pro wrestling. I don't believe that, but I do think. It's all about keeping the game close. I don't know yeah, if it's like necessary. It's not about like who wins. It's well, about keeping it close. When you have a game like football, where there's realistically there's probably a penalty happening on every play of the game, and you have an official who can choose to throw the flag and call it or not call it, and keep a drive alive or end a drive, that makes a big difference. When Aaron Judge smacks a home run into the upper deck, an ump can't be like no, he traveled, or no, he he pushed off or whatever. Like, it's a home run. It happened. But in football, if a guy throws a touchdown pass, he could say, uh, no, the offensive lineman was holding. Yeah. Or, you know, like, they can change they – can, they can take back anything. It's Or they can keep a drive alive to yeah. help a team make – you know, keep the game close. It's fascinating how dominant some of these Patriot teams were, and then every – all 100 Super Bowls they took part in were close. It is very sus. I would agree with that. I still think that you're probably more cynical about it than I am. But you make great points, and I can't really disagree with, I mean, the fact I mean, that for baseball, years and years and years, most the of these ball. games. They tamper oh, yeah. with the ball and then yeah. re-tamper with it mid-season and then re-tamper with it again because they're so obsessed with their own numbers. And then they mm-hmm. punish players that use steroids and stuff because they're worried about the numbers, but it's like, no, you all just don't like that they're cheating too because it goes against how you have it set up. Yeah. It needs to be rigged, and you'll make your own tweaks and modifications as you see fit because you're the arbiters of the game. And not, not tell anybody either. And not tell like, I want to change the ball and not say anything. And have a home run race and that's you know recovers you from your, your suffering after the 94 strike, and then once you get past that, then it goes to fucking Congress. Then you, you turn it into a witch hunt. Yeah. Baseball of all the major sports is by far, in my opinion, 
the biggest like self righteous group I've ever seen in my life. I mean, it's ridiculous. And, the shame and like even the sports writers who get to choose who gets to be in the Hall of Fame, like for you know, it's a popularity contest. If you say David Ortiz can be in the Hall of Fame, but Barry Bonds can't, excuse me, your whole yeah, Hall of Fame is a joke. People don't even know. You said, did you know Big Poppy did steroids? He'd be like, no, like that was like Barry Bonds and all the no. He literally got busted for it. Yeah. He's on the Mitchell report. I mean, what are we doing here? But because Barry Bonds was a jerk, you're gonna keep him off? The best player of our lifetime, possibly the best player of all time. my friends welcome back to another episode of the real folk dudes podcast i'm your water breathing companion jazzy jeff alongside me on the other side of the laptop on the other side of the country the vigilant protector of the box west coast walker how you doing buddy sunday morning almost monday to me there you go walker grundy born on a sunday mm. at at Real Folk Dudes on Twitter, Real Folk Dudes Facebook group. Hit us up, interact with us, help us build this community. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, comment, subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, leave a comment, leave a review. Help us extend our reach into this industry. Sanctuary Esports. Do you fancy yourself wearing a Hufflepuff house colors? Maybe it's time to look into Sanctuary. Black and yellow, black and yellow. At Sanctuary underscore GG, SanctuaryGG.com. Life is more fun when you play games. Balls, everything you need in a bottle. Focus, refreshment, taste, a jolt of energy. See how balls can sponsor your next land party. Balls.com. Balls. This is episode 15. Oh, Mount, before you get started, I apologize. And a uh, shout out to Grippo's Potato Chips. Just really always love your Ooh. all's product. And yes. a big fan of what you all do. Crippos are delicious. The I like the grip. You got the Grippos Cheetos, the Rinds. Like they do everything, and you can dip them all in ketchup, and it's so good. Okay, keep ketchup. You shut up about ketchup. That is disgusting. You make me sick with that. This man ruins every potato chip by drowning it in ketchup, which is disgusting because no one even uses ketchup anymore. That's for like six-year-old children. You put spicy brown mustard on it. If they don't have that, maybe you put yellow mustard, but you don't put ketchup on it. That is disgusting. Spicy bread. I don't know. I can't do like the spicy brown, like Dijon style. I no, it's delicious. That. It's delicious. Pardon me. Do you have any? All right. Here's like if we're on? if we're if we're ranking red tomato based sauces, you've got like tomato sauce slash. Uh, marinara, delicious. Salsa, delicious. Ketchup, ass. It tastes like fuck. You don't get ketchup on fries or anything? I'll put ketchup on fries. Yeah, I mean, it's whatever. But honestly... But you don't even be, like it. It's you just fine. do it because you it's, think you're supposed to. It's fine. Uh, if we're being completely honest, if places sold salsa to dip your french fries in, it would taste better. I mean, like, I know it would be unconventional, and I know people wouldn't do you it. You know what like, they dip French fries in in France? Mayonnaise, man. 
mayonnaise is gross too. You dig it the most, baby. Oh, shot Marvin in the face. <laughs> Grippos is delicious, and I have to agree with Walker. And if if they want to reach out to us or we need to reach out to them, they would be a fine sponsor. Yeah, get a Grippos. The ben a, the ben a Grippos. The seasoning that they use is fantastic. I was looking up how to make bootleg cane sauce, and one of the things it uses is like Tony's Creole seasoning, which I'm hmm. pretty sure I can't find here. Oh, you gotta you gotta get that from Tony. Yeah. And you don't even want to know how he makes it. No. Hadn't seen Tony in a grip. <laughs> cane sauce is is amazing. And like when you try to eat the chicken without it, it's like this is just okay. But when you're when you're eating it with the sauce, I would dip dip the the styrofoam tray and eat that. I mean, like, I don't know how it makes everything so much better. Well, a lot of places have fry sauce, which ends up more closer to cane sauce and taste than ketchup. So yeah, maybe maybe a lot of people have like uh, ketchup allergies now. Vinegar I think people food. I think people are just waking up and realizing that ketchup isn't really that great. Or like what about when you like first put the first bar ketchup and like just like the vinegar shit comes out but not But you actual... like barbecue sauce. Yeah. Cuz barbecue okay. sauce is good. Yeah, but it's ketchup based. Okay, well it's good. They take whatever's in ketchup and add good stuff to it. Oh man. Yeah, my taste buds my my taste buds never moved on from ketchup. I used to eat ketchup sandwiches. Oh yeah, that's another staple of a poor household that I I know well the the old ketchup bread and we used to be excited about it, but man, it's not. Like some good. people want a syrup sandwich, but okay. And that's the thing was I, I I wasn't particularly poor. I just like like to sleep on like the hearth. Episode fifteen, Mount Nataguma. So we open at the Wisteria House. We see Nezuko opening her box slowly and crawling out of it. Zenitsu again being flirty and awkward and Nezuko starts running from him. Tandro is telling him to cut it out, but Zenitsu continues to chase now Nezuko and Tandro. was kind of a weird scene, um, but kind of a classic anime style. But I thought that was an interesting effect to show like this jokingly contagious thing because you, what we're going to see later on is a not con, is a contagious thing that is very much very 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 not funny. So yeah, it's yeah. A good so we balance. <laughs> we see Inosuke. He's just chilling on the front porch, giving you like Bilbo Baggins vibes, sitting there. Like he's he's not smoking his pipe, but he's he's full chill mode right now. His his nostrils are usually smoking. Yeah, that is true. He we see the old lady come over to him and she brings him his clothes offers him to wash his dirty clothes and says that she has prepared some some tempura, which is some sort of a fried food. And Inosuke is loving the sound of this. And we see him for the first time, I believe, make like this weird, like, how would you describe it? Like his, his love meter kind of going up. He makes like a weird like gesture and like, it's like a, like, I don't know how to react because I've never been shown love like this. He knows how to be tough. He's leveled yes. up his toughness. Yeah, but you can just is, tell that that's he, in full max. Yeah, he didn't get a chance to level up other stuff. So the next morning, we see the doctor has treated the boys. He says they're all better. 
So it's kind of like an RPG when you just get one night of sleep in a hotel and you wake up fully restored from whatever. Like all three of them had broken ribs and he's like, well, you're good to go now, boys. Well, that's eight hours of uh, restful, semi-concentrated breathing. So that'll just heal your wounds right up. Plus, you can tell that the lady that they were staying with knew what she was doing. Looked like she had taken in this before. That is true. Probably had a humidifier in there. Oh, um, yeah. that That's the key right there. Some lavender bombs. Probably sold them some. Like, they walked away. Like, Zenitsu has, like, 12 new kits of essential oils. That he oh, bought. yeah. They probably have, like, crystals and shit in there. Yeah. I'm telling you, man, it makes a big difference. Tanjiro's crow enters the room and tells them it's time to go north, northeast. So all three of them start heading towards Mount Natagumo. As the boys are heading out, Tanjiro says thank you because, of course, that's what Tanjiro does. The woman makes a spark with a little piece of flint, and this freaks Inosuke right the fuck out. Yeah. And he's like, what are you doing, you old hag? It's and like when even, Sadie sees a dog on TV. Or any animal, a squirrel, a unicorn, anything. Uh, Zenitsu, it's kind of interesting to see. He's embarrassed for a change. He's embarrassed at Inosuke because these guys are on polar ends of the spectrum here. And... Uh, He's like trying to calm Inosuke well, down. Zenitsu knows like the etiquette. Like you mm-hmm. can tell they're just it it's like a kid that you could tell probably had some affluence growing up. I mean, yes, he did get scammed for a lot of money, and that's very like Faye Valentine sad, but he also had a lot of money, I think, in the first place. Um yeah. Which is kind of funny that he's trying to like he's trying to marry someone when they first meet him because it's like it kind of looks like you're trying to pawn your debt off to someone else. Um, and so, obviously, it, that that doesn't seem to continue. But for Inosuke, he can... It's, it's, it's sort of like... Because um, while Zenitsu is conscious, as far as he knows, he's completely inept at all this stuff and just gets by on luck or whatever. So it's like Inosuke, his forum had been like the the cage fight where he looks a whole lot more competent, smart, measured, level, everything than Zenitsu. But in a situation like this, where it's like a ritual or ceremony, something very not fight related, that obviously Zenitsu, it's not a surprise that he's more knowledgeable on that stuff. So it's like, you know, he didn't look cool at the football game, but then when you go to like church or something, you're in his domain, and then you yeah, he knows the rules. Yeah, you look inept. So as they're walking, Tondro has to explain what "keep your head held high" means. Um, clearly, Inosuke is, like you said, out of his element in these types of things, and like certain phrases or vernacular or you know just cultural norms that he is totally separated for. It's fitting that he's wearing the the boar head because he is the most animal like. He's like a he's like me, it's like full method acting almost because like Zenitsu has like this superhuman sense of hearing and then Tantra has this superhuman sense of smell and this dude just like lives it. This dude's like, well, I was just born like that. Like I was just looking up Brock yeah. Lesnar quotes to like superimpose on Inosuke. Like mm-hmm. and a lot of the things that Brock Lesnar says, like for instance, here's a good one. I don't feel pain. I let other people feel pain for me. Yeah, it does that would be a good game? Did Brock say this or did Inosuke say this? 
Here's a good one. Brock Lesnar to Heath Slater. I don't give a shit about your kids. <laughs> <laughs> it's even better if you watch wrestling and you're familiar with like the the tone of Brock's voice because it's I don't give a shit about your kids. Like <laughs> it's like a, a giant cartoon character saying these things. <laughs> Here's another one. Here, last one. I've been a barbarian my whole life. I'm just a smarter barbarian now. Evolution, you know. I love Is Brock Lesnar the newest member of Evolution? Let's go. They it'd be over at that point. Brock and Batista. Oh my God. Continue. <laughs> so Tondro was explaining, like, you know, to keep your head held high, part of it is behaving properly so you're never ashamed of yourself, being honorable. And uh in those case, like, what does it mean to conduct yourself honorably, anyways? And uh I just said, you know, it's interesting because we look at this character and he's so interesting, but he's got so much room to grow, especially from being in this party. And I look forward to seeing how these interactions with Tanjiro, how Tanjiro and Zenitsu both will rub off on him because he is still in his own way while still very assured, like sure of himself. He has a lot of room to grow and has a lot that he can learn. So now it's nighttime, and we see the mountain. Zenitsu stops the boys because he is, not surprisingly, scared. Suddenly, yeah, I was going to say, uh, I'll just say it now, Inosuke needs a box for Zenitsu. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> just he and Tadro, because I mean, then because then he can be, they can keep it, it moving. Be easy. It'd be yeah. like Tom, Tom, Tadro can just Tom Sawyer him and be mm-hmm. like, look if you want to get stronger, you have a big box and mm-hmm. that's how you get stronger, like walking around. And then Zenitsu can just like chill in the box. Just take a nap. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Hey man, we'll of keep course, you safe. Granted. And that would be cool too, because then he would take a nap. And then when he came out of like, then Nesco would come out of the box, but then he would be unconscious, but also come out of the box. And then they would both be like powered up. It's true. I wonder He'd if they're his Zenith. So if they're, Ooh, if they're He's all fighting always at, peaking. <laughs> if they're all fighting at, at, at full strength at this juncture, who do you think is probably the most deadly? Inosuke. You think so? I lean Zenitsu. I think Zenitsu is a bad boy when he's out cold, but I don't know. Maybe. I would say, yeah, I guess it's one of those things where it's like we'll never it's know. Like styles make fights. Like Inosuke's yeah. always ready for a fight, which means his final power-up probably isn't as strong as the other two because the Correct. other two are usually, like, controlling it. <laughs> and Inosuke is, like, breathing it. He's, like, he's... Yeah. It's amazing how, like... And he, they kind of put him over in some ways that they put Zenitsu over where we saw Zenitsu noticing things at the same time or before as Tanjiro. Inosuke does, too. Zenitsu, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, he's smart. That kind of makes sense. And then for them to show it with Inosuke... And, his intelligence that's very different Mm -hmm. but yeah sorry getting excited no it's this is good stuff suddenly tanjiro smells something he looks over and he sees a boy with a sword laying on the laying on the path and the boy says help me please help me the boy is wearing a demon slayer uniform So now we see a string on the boy's back 
and the boy is pulled back into the trees, kind of like a yo-yo. And Tondro gets a strong scent and says that he's going in. And Inosuke, being very Inosuke, says that he wants to lead the way, and the two boys run off into the trees. It was fun to see, uh, and you may have said this, but like literally right before, he says something along the lines of, what was it? Uh, Tanjiro says, I really appreciate you coming out here because like I was really scared. <laughs> and like, yeah, thank you for like coming out here with me. And in those cases, like, uh, we see in those cases, love no, meter go up a little bit. He's yeah. Like, uh, like what? Like, but it's cool because he's not, he's not clapping back. He's just yes. not, he doesn't know what he's like. It's, it's he's jarring. showing him appreciation. Well, it's, it's like when you play Legend of Zelda and you have those little hearts. Like every time someone does something nice to him, you see one of those little hearts get, those little heart containers get filled. And like, it's like you can see it in his face. And he's like, huh? What is this? Like, it's like the Grinch, his heart is growing. He's not that like he necessarily knows if he appreciates it or not, but it's all the more reason that he's going to stay right there with Tanjiro mm -hmm. helping him out. We see in the darkness of the forest what looks like a child sitting on a tree branch. He's creepy as hell, and we see several bodies hanging from trees here. And we see someone with long white hair in all white sitting on a giant stone in the clearance, in the clearance of the forest. This is where is this where Logan Paul showed up and did a video? Yeah, and then Logan Paul shows up and he's like, What's up, guys? Like and comment on my page. So we're go we go back to our trio of demon slayers and they're walking through the forest and Nosuke notices now that his hands are covered in spider webs and they realize that the entire forest is covered in webs, giant webs all over. And Nosuke here demands that the boy explain what's going on and the boy does uh, divulge to them that, you know, that they had gathered here because they were told to, to do so and that before too long, the demon slayers had begun to kill one another. And I think this is where we got a really cool, like they actually show you instead of just telling you like a pretty like frightening, like visual to see like one of the demon slayers in the forest suddenly like lose control of their body and start hacking up. And then before too long, it's a handful of them and they're just killing each other. We get another brief moment here where we see what, what we're going to presume is the leader of the demon slayer core as a crow is talking to this man and he says, you did well to return. Most of my children have been killed. That's all we're going to get of him for now. Oh, cut that, cut that, cut that, cut that. That's not all we're going to get of him. He goes on to say that he will have to send some Hashira. So he calls for Giyu. He's back. And Shinobu. And the... Uh, like an insect, I think an insect Hashira, presumably. <laughs> yeah, and Shinobu, a pretty woman with blue hair and blue eyes. Both the both of these slayers say, you know, okay, we understand, and that's all we see. And she says to Giyu, she's like, "Wouldn't it be great if demons and humans could just get along?" And Giyu goes, "That's a pipe dream." Yeah, like, he's a little savage, little like stone yeah. cold. Love it. Yeah. But he's like, I just love, like, he isn't... 
Isn't it first yeah. of all, isn't it exciting to see him again? Isn't that awesome just to yeah, see him? And he doesn't need yeah. the power of to say that like he's seen situations. He's just like, no, like the best thing is just to pretend that that is true. Mm-hmm. Are they have they given the explanation about the the 10 and they all knew each other? Um, they were in they were demon slayers together, presumably. Yeah, I think that was what the boy was telling when he said when he was giving their backstory, he was explaining it to Inosuke after Inosuke demanded that he tell him what happened. And it kind of sounded like they were in like final selection, like they were in a draft class together. Yeah, well, and they were all wearing the same thing. They all looked similar. Um, they, they all got, like the not all draft classes are created equal kind of thing. True. And the fact that they all looked very similar also tells me that, you know, having watched a lot of anime, that these characters aren't really that important, that they're just being used to tell a story here. Yeah, so it's like, little, don't concern yourself with all of their individual names or anything like that. But like, just know that there are other demon slayers and these are some weaker ones and a lot of them are going to die. Yeah. They and they're, and they're being spider webbed to kill each other. They're getting a, I mean, it's awful death. Yeah. If you want to know if somebody's a main character or not, look at their hair. If they have like some crazy, if they have like red hair or green hair or something like that, probably main character. If it's just dark hair, yeah, or bald. Because bald, they're probably the strongest. Bald, they're the strongest. Um, but like good fancy hair, they're they're probably the, the main character. <laughs> they're they're superior. God, they're closer <laughs> to God. Yeah, that's what we've always thought. And they're more because of their humility. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I normally, uh, what, what was Chris Major saying the other day? You got to be more specific than that. Chris Majors, the famous wrestler. Yeah, what obviously. Was what was yeah, he saying? Oh, he was trolling. He, oh, the Beatles. He was like, yeah, I normally talk shit about the Beatles. Or he's like, I crap, but I like yeah. that song "Fool on the Hill," but Fool which on is the like Hill. some of people's like least favorite Beatles songs. Yeah, it's odd. Um, well, I think it's a banger, it's a but song. I think that entire album is a banger. Yeah, it's a great song. Yeah, I think I like your mother should know, and people hate that song. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any Beatles songs that I don't like, but like I will say that album, uh, "Magical Mystery Tour," is probably the most slept-on Beatles album in their whole catalog. Agree. The track, well, what did John call it? The tragical history tour or something. <laughs> <laughs> the movie was a little weird, um, but the songs are killer. Best Beatles movie is Help. Yeah, because they're still like, I mean, they're they're just they're just smoking weed at that point. Yeah. So like they're they still can understand what's going on. They're not, you know, by the time you get to like Yellow Submarine and stuff, those guys are in a different universe. Yeah, no clue what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> And that's why I think that was the, why they made the decision to do to do a cartoon. They're like, look, we're not these guys aren't going to show up and act. Best case scenario, we can get them in here to read a couple lines. Yeah. We see Zenitsu here talking about talking out his decision to stay behind. Uh, his sparrow starts chirping at him and he's like, oh, yeah, you know, you understand. And then it bites his hand and he freaks yeah, out because it's it. saying like on the subtitles, it's saying like. That's not it. This is an excuse to like stay outside, get your ass in there. And he's, he's like, like oh, oh, thanks. Thanks for loving me. Yeah. <laughs> Go and, Robin. That was awesome. Yeah. The Robin. Yeah. So he, he goes on this long rant yelling at his bird 
And it basically ends with him mentioning Nezuko. But that was like a, a switch was flipped on him. And he remembers Nezuko now, that Nezuko is with Tanjiro. And he has to protect Nezuko because he is in love because he saw her once and she's beautiful. And he starts oh, running after Inosuke and Tanjiro to go help protect Nezuko. Yeah, he was like, oh, I love, and I love like how he gasses himself up. He's like, he took her into these woods. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Against her will, I will bring her back. But more character growth for Zenitsu here. You know, this is him doing something completely unselfish in a way, selfish also in another way, but his number one priority right now is not self-preservation. We go back to Tanjiro and Inosuke here, and they hear a strange sound, and some demon slayers start crip walking out towards our boys. They look like characters out of The Walking Dead, like specifically like the demons of The Walking Dead. And one of them starts swinging at our heroes, and Inosuke is ready to start hacking these kids up and killing them. And Tanjiro's like, dude, no, we can't do that, obviously. Because one, they're still alive, and two, they're fellow demon slayers. And I guess three, because that would be the biggest dickhead move in the world to do. So Tanjiro does talk him down from doing that. And they team up to take these attackers down. Tanjiro does notice here that there is a strange, sweet scent coming from, the, from their backs. And he, and he realizes that there's webs there, and he slices the webs. And um, as he does this, one of the boys falls. And Tanjiro now realizes that they are being controlled by the threads like, like puppets. And he smells an odor again. And he notices that the spiders are on his sleeve. And now we see the puppet master themselves. It was interesting that Tanjiro notes the thread. And then mm -hmm. Inosuke quickly says, that's what I was going to do. Yeah. Which... Who knows if it's just kind of like a new and all. I think that's just his character. Thing. Yeah. So we see the puppet master. She's in all white. She's got a white robe on with white hair. So picture Saruman plus Spider Man with big tits. Yeah, very and, skimpy. Yeah. She's got webs. To be like not a to stay behind the stage. Just like wants to be sexy by herself. Yeah, and I respect that. You know. Yeah. I think Foundation. if you're sexy, you're sexy. You know. She's got spider webs coming off of each fingertip, which I thought looked really cool, just visually, just like just a cool look. Oh yeah, no, she was she was bad. I, I just if I played for that team, I'd think she was pretty awesome. Oh yeah. So Tondro's like, well, we can't just kill the spiders. There's just too damn many of them. So we've got to find the demon controlling them. So Tondro has a game plan to look up and see. So while Tondro was trying to game plan, he looks up and he sees a young demon boy standing on a web, also all in white. This is kind of like some Jackson 5 shit. And the he says, mother will make quick work of you. And Nosuke jumps to attack the young boy, but he can't <laughs> reach him. Yeah, kind of a funny little thing there. Yeah. And Tondro gets Nosuke to let that demon go so that he can focus and he needs to find the demon controlling the spiders. So we see Inosuke do a thing where he like sticks his swords on the ground on either side and he does beast breathing, seventh form, spatial awareness. 
So this is kind of like some echolocation or sonar type stuff here. And it looks really cool. Like everything goes white and he's able to identify her location. Looked super cool. And we see the demon boy chilling from atop the trees, standing on the webs. He says, I won't let anyone get in our way. The five of us are going to live in happiness as a family. No one in this mortal plane will tear us apart. And that's where the episode ends. Who was your MVP? My MVP this episode was Inosuke. He is uh, experiencing love for the first time. His spatial awareness skill is super cool. And uh, while sometimes his being so gung-ho can be a detriment, I do appreciate the chutzpah that this kid is, is showing that he is he's playing for a team for the first time. And while he's still trying to find his role, he is a very active participator in the group. So I appreciate him, and he's my MVP. He was also my MVP, and I almost gave it to Tanjiro just because it was big of him to thank Inosuke for coming to the woods with him, but big of Inosuke to just be ready to go in head first, not, not like worry about, just know that there were people in danger and Tanjiro was going to go in there and he was going to go too and not like, yeah, but like safety and security and all these things, and they get away with it because of their talent, which if that wasn't evident before, it's definitely evident in this episode. I loved seeing the puppeteer get pressured by like their boss, like they're controlling these puppets and then their puppeteer checks on them and threatens to tell their puppeteer about the puppet below them. If they don't take care of the puppets below them. Everybody's got a boss. Even if you're in a family business, it might be a demon. It might be the Lord, but you're going to have to serve somebody. Serve somebody. Yeah, yes, you do. You know, as Dylan records go, that one wasn't bad. You know, to be most times when someone Saved is like, was not I'm going to I'm going to do what? Saved. Say, OK, it's I'm not going to say it's not good. Saved is OK, but Slow Train Coming is good. It's Fuck good. Any reviews. Yes. Fuck yeah. the reviews. Slow yeah. Train Coming is good. Most of the time when someone's like, I'm going to make a Christian record, like it's not good. It's very poorly received. Welcome back, real folk dudes. I'm your water breathing companion, Jazzy Jeff, alongside me on the other side of the laptop, other side of the country, the beast breathing West Coast Walker. How you doing, buddy? Oh, that spatial awareness, bro. That was, that did it for me in that last episode. When he did that, it was like, that was just incredible. It was beautiful they do a really good job of just like peeling it back and just showing you, Oh, by the way, this character that you think is pretty cool. Look what else he can do. And they just give it to you just a little bit at a time. Yeah. And it's cool that it's a, that it's an awareness based attack because he, we had just got done seeing the things that he's oblivious to. And it's like, yeah, let, we'll show you what he can do. Yeah. When I really like focus on it at real folk dudes on Twitter, real folk dudes, Facebook group, help us build this community, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, leave a review, leave a comment, leave us five stars, help us get our footprint out there, get, you know, get known. Sanctuary Esports at Sanctuary underscore GG, SanctuaryGG.com. They've got the podcast, merch store, live, tri- live Twitch streams. Check them out. Life is more fun when you play games. Balls with six energizing flavors. There's a balls bottle or can for everyone balls episode 16 (laughs) now go ahead 
I dropped into the chat just now. Um, so I dropped into Corey's uh, stream yesterday and thanked him, obviously, for the logo because um, it's great and gave him a trivia question. And I want to see if you can guess it right. If it's always sunny, probably not. But go ahead. So this trivia question would be from your old life. It goes, which Bengals receiver has the single season record for catches in a year with 112? TJ Hushmanzada. That's right. Wow. Or you guess Jamar, but you have the advantage of not being a Bengals fan anymore. So you could, you might have been more likely to. Yeah. Because he's thinking about like, I don't know what he's Because the Bengals are literally nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Bengals are nothing up until like this year. So it's like in his mind, well, Bengals history started today, right? Yeah. 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 People forget Hushmanzada was a bad boy and he did not drop balls. And the Giants had a, well, I guess we could say they still have a similar receiver in a Sterling Shepard where it's like he just doesn't drop the football, and that makes a big difference. When you can show up every Sunday and play, even when you're banged up, and when we throw it to you, you're going to catch it every freaking time. That's that's some good shit. They could use a number one big play guy. Yeah, we could use a lot of things. But we got a new GM, got a new coach, so I'm feeling more optimistic about it than I have in the last, like, five years, so – it kind of sucks that, like, I still think it was good for Odell to leave. I know his career's been kind of a mess, but, like, he didn't need to be, like, working, with someone, like, work. working with someone like Stafford. Baker was a mistake. Thinking Baker would be that much better than Daniel Jones was a mistake. But yeah. Matt Stafford, that's fine. That's fair. Yeah. I, I'm happy for him. And, like I said, if uh, they won the Super Bowl this year, I would not hold any ill will. I think – he was upset when he got traded. I think he was happy to be where he was, even though his talents, he was wasting away on a team that was never going to do anything. He's an elite player. He's awesome. He's super cool. And I hope that, you know, he gets the ring that he deserves because a player like that should have a ring. Yeah. Yeah. Episode 16, letting someone else go first. So we open with Zenitsu. He's running to catch up with Inosuke and Tanjiro. He's breathing heavy. His knees weak or arms are heavy. And he's saying, Nezuko, Nez, where are you? And that's all we see of him for now. Tanjiro and his new buddy of the Demon Slayers, Maruta, tells him that they need to leave, that the spider has possessed the boys, and that uh, he can handle this for now, now that he knows about the, the cutting the, the strings off the back for now. And he tells Tanjiro and Inosuke that they should go on without him. Yep. Pretty brave. But again, we're presuming that this kid has gone through some sort of final selection. So, like, even though these aren't major characters, these are still bad dudes, you know? Yeah, I got my episodes mixed up, I guess. That's where he says it. But, no, it was really cool that, like, he had – he was brave there. And it was also sad that, like, he was – like, he was clearly probably one of the better ones in the group um to still have survived although that wasn't necessarily the case with all of them but for him then he finally noticed the threads and stuff and I guess it's one of those things where they were able to come in from an outside perspective and figure out what was going on as opposed to the other ones were just in the middle of it um Yeah. yeah not a good way to go not not a good this class didn't didn't end well for this draft class no so Nosuke is leading the way to the demon they start noticing more and more of these threads laying around and we see more demon slayers. We see a girl demon slayer that had been used to slaughter many other demon slayers. 
Now we cut to the boy demon that we that had spoke to our heroes earlier, and he's talking to mommy demon. And he's basically implying to her that, you know, like, hey, like you're fucking up right now. And if you don't take care of this, I'm going to tell father. And this uh, strikes a nerve with her. She is terrified of father. So now she starts frantically controlling. Hagrid, Hagrid is their father, right? Yeah. yeah. That's what I thought. Spoiler. <laughs> you're a demon, Harry, and a bloody good one, I'd wager. Given your given your parents and all, <laughs> so she's very scared, and she starts like frantically controlling the other demons uh, with her finger webs here, and uh, she uses the girl to start attacking at Tanjiro, and uh, she ends up raising more demon slayers that were dead and using their. Or I don't even some of them I think were still alive, or maybe even most of them. And she starts slinging them around like wildly to the point that she's like breaking their bones and their legs and their arms and spinning them around. Like, I don't really need your arm to be attached. Well, I just need it to be able to sling this sword around for me. Yeah. It was interesting. Cause I, I'm pretty sure she said the, the girl being controlled said something about how she's normally not this strong, but because she had the most threads in her, she had the most like fine motor control via yeah, secondary, is. secondary to the, the demon puppeteer. Yeah. Tanjiro is a resourceful boy and he has an idea here. So he takes off running and he is being chased now by the girl, by the girl who's being controlled by the demon, which is exactly what he wants. And he gets her where he wants her and he grabs her and he throws her over a tree limb. And she's now safely hanging from the tree. And Inosuke is like, I was about to do that too. And then he does it as well, (laughs) copying the exact same technique. This is not a well-received um, plan here from the demon. And she's like, ah, useless puppets. And she just immediately snaps all of their necks and kills them all. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this is where Inosuke says something like, uh, damn it, you killed them all. <laughs> so at this point, they're all dead. So there's really nothing else to do. So Inosuke and Tanjiro go back to their initial plan of pursuing the demon now. So they're, they're, they're back to chasing her down. And they come across a giant body now with no head being held up by webs. It's got a giant metal claw for arms and Inosuke charges after it. Probably not the most ideal game plan here. And he gets trapped by the spider webs and the headless creature is about to strike him. And at this point, Inosuke being like a forever, you know, like hard ass is like, well, I guess this is where I die. Like, that's the ultimate way of the warrior, I guess. He's like, yeah, he was, it was a gung-ho and brave. And then quickly in that moment, he's like, oh, well, shit, I just got myself killed. Yeah, maybe next time, think a little. Tondro jumps in and deflects the attack, cuts the web to release Inosuke, saves his life. Yep, he does that. So now Tanjiro crouches down and lets Inosuke jump off of his back because things are better when we work together. Well, and it was, he, uh, yeah, the, just keep going. Yeah. Sorry. And Inosuke launches himself off of Tanjiro and he's propelled forward and he cuts the claw arm things off of the demon. From his lying on his head, Tanjiro does a little 
B-boy, total concentration, water breathing, first, <laughs> fourth form, striking tide, and cuts the demon's legs off. And now, Inosuke comes down like Macho Man, dropping the atomic elbow from the top rope and slices the demon in half. Inosuke stands there for a moment and then runs to Tanjiro, throws him high up in the air. And Tanjiro's like, dude, what the actual fuck is going on? Why are you doing this? But then Tanjiro's like, oh, okay, I get it now. You threw me up here so I could, you know, get a good smell of the, you know, through the clearance. Tanjiro's able to breathe it in, get the scent, and he knows where to go now. And now we see the demon girls very upset that the boys took out her strongest puppet. It was, this is great. It was great teamwork here. You know, we got to see sort of Tanjiro and Zenitsu not necessarily have like mutual teamwork, but bond. And now this episode, we see Tanjiro speaking more in Nosuke's bonding language, which is, you know, about that action. Yeah. His, uh, his love language involves steel. So she it was, uh, we, and it was, it was cool. So I don't, I don't mean to keep interrupting you, but like he said something um, like Inosuke noted that Tanjiro was helping him in that moment. He was like, oh, he like set me up for like to finish them off. And then he immediately like a one, two, like just flips it right back to him. Yep. And Tanjiro's just confused. It sort of almost felt like a hug. He like hugged yeah. him and then yeah. swung him over. It was just like very, it was very like, uh, it, it, it was pretty cool. So. It's like he's learned that there are other ways to fill up the stat sheet other than just scoring points that yeah. assists are, are a big part of it too. And it's like, man, I can throw the alley-oop here and let Tondro slam it home. And it's like, I was a part of that. Right. That's a little more razzle-dazzle there. So we, we see our demon and she looks up and we get a beautiful shot here of Tondro airborne in front of a full moon doing his little um, Urukadaki, getting ready to slice you up. And he he's ready for his aerial strike here, water breathing, first form. And we see the demon at this point give herself up. So Tondro does a quick switch here to his fifth form, blessed rain after a drought. And the entire tone of, of the attack switches from something of like this like, strong physical you know onslaught to uh, a mercy kill like uh just yeah, trying to be as gentle as possible i didn't think about that as good good note especially because in the and you see like it, it you see at the end you know so yeah so the demon now has like a sense of warmth and relief as the gentle rain washes over her and her head slides clean off of her body and she feels relieved she feels free. Now we get yeah, she a was weird... like my head's my head's never felt this uh, light before. Yeah, it's yeah, it's really cool, and uh, I think it's interesting. And it goes back to what we said before. Urokadaki trained Tanjiro to where he has a uh, a form for every everything, and like this is such a wildly specific thing. Like, hey, I know you're going to be out here hunting demons, but I'm going to show you this one form that's really good for a mercy kill. Like, that's interesting. We get a very uncomfortable flashback here where we see somewhat of a domestic spider demon abuse where daddy is a dick and his kids are watching and he's like putting hands on mommy demon and you, you're reminded that she doesn't have the most ideal living situation and it, it makes Tanjiro, makes her giving herself up so easily make more sense. And the demon sees Tanjiro's eyes and notes how kind they look. 
and this goes back to this is several times now that we've seen demons that are on their deathbed look at Tondro like, man, this kid is something different. I've not seen anything like this. And he's got reformative eyes. mm -hmm. The demon remembers the kind of eyes that she saw as a human, but she can't remember whose eyes they were. And as she fades away, she says, It looked like you. It wasn't. As she fades away, she says, Someone from the 12 Kizuki is here. Be careful. And that's where the episode ends with Tanjiro hearing this very terrifying news that you just took out something that is ultimately not going to be nearly as dangerous as what awaits you. Yeah. Who's your MVP for this episode? My MVP is Tanjiro. He, uh, I, I don't know how you could not. Yeah. He was the closer here. Called the, he called the shot for beast to make the cut and then beast returning the favor for him. Um, the spear hug or whatever it was. Great, great teamwork there. But ultimately, um, this is a culmination of, you know, this is Tanjiro really finishing this fight that he started, or at least note, reacted to first. And the, the beautiful, kind, sweet sequence you get with the demon at the end, having this, I mean, what a horrible, horrible thing that this demon was, was doing and the way that they were killing people and pitting demon slayers against each other physically. Um, and then to have just kind of this weightless uh, release moment. Um, and then like, I, like I was saying, I kept interrupting. I'm sorry, but she said <laughs> something about um, like when she was thinking about how she'd seen eyes like that before, but it looked like DU. I don't think it was, I think it was, um i think it's like probably they, your children i'm just guessing though they immediately cut because they immediately she's like whatever happened to that little boy and like she cuts and there's like it's a picture of like a bloody hand mm-hmm. so it makes it look like they oh they died like that's what the, i thought i think that's what it was saying hmm. so yeah i don't know interesting interesting thought um i just assumed it was her child but i who knows maybe yeah maybe and hopefully hopefully we come back to that at some point maybe we'll get there the next episode i don't know uh, I agree with you. Tanjiro is the MVP. You said it best. He was the closer here. Uh, everything that he has learned, he's putting on full display. He's got the the good strategy. Um, beautiful the way he did the mercy killing, but not surprising given the character. But he he put on the full display again, and he can work within the confines of the team. He can, you know to go back to what we've used before. He can go ISO and, and, and do what needs to be done to get the job done. But ultimately here, he's the closer. He gets the kill, and he is the one that is most socially aware, the most, I don't know. He, he understands the moment um, and what the moment calls for, and I think it's a more nuanced approach than either one of our other two companions are capable of at this moment. Yeah, I mean, in Nosuke, it's very much, you know, it's Sonny Corleone, just like, bang, bang. Yeah, he's and aggressive. you got Fredo back there, or Connie. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, he, Zenitsu is so Fredo. Yeah. Like, this season ends with... Uh, Tanjiro, you don't Tondro. talk to a man like Mo Green like that. 
Tanjiro is going to take uh, Zenitsu. He's going to kiss him on the cheek, or no, kiss him on the, the mouth, and then take him out on his boat. Have a Nosuke take him out on his boat. Episode 17, you must master a single thing. And then episode 18, a forged bond. It's crazy looking at how close we are to the end of this thing. And I know we've kind of alluded to that. We're, uh, we're going to finish up this season before too long, and then we'll have another conversation um, in the next episode or two, I guess. And we'll try to game plan of what, what we plan to do. We'd initially planned to jump straight into season two. Uh, at this point, maybe we'll wait till season two comes out with the dub. That way we can watch it with an audience that was waiting on a dub and they can watch it, you know, episode by episode with us. And if that's the case, while we're waiting on that, maybe we'll do some some anime movies or Batman movies or MCU movies or something like that. So I don't know. Batman, for sure. I think it would be really cool to go through the Batman movies. I don't know which route we would go because I love them all for their own individual, like what they bring to the table. Like if we do the the corny 91, 90s ones, uh, we'll have a lot more jokes to tell. If we do the Tim Burton ones, then we'll have just cool movies to talk about. If we do the Christian Bale um, trilogy, then again, just cool movies. But like, you know. Yeah, you're still stuck with Christian Bale as Batman. (laughs) I wish I wish we could see a version of uh, the Christian Bale Batman. But like instead of him being Christian, instead of him being Bruce Wayne, having him be uh, the American psycho. Patrick Bateman. Patrick Bateman, yeah. Doing his like crunches routine and putting on his little facial creams and cool it on the anti-Semitic remarks, Raza. <laughs> In the post-credit scene of this episode, it was just a little short with Tandro and Anosuke where he's talking about how uh Tandro's like. They say Inosuke can only get your name right one in seven times. So he was like, Jojo, that's not true. Majiro, Majo, Groucho, that's not true. <laughs> and then at the very end, like Tanjiro says something. He's like, see, I told you. And he's like, shut up, Tanjiro, or something like that. And he gets it right. Whatever. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. No, I like where the, where the series is going. And um, it seems like a series where, and, you know, we'll see as we get there but it seems like one where the first season is still doing so much universe building. You know, we're like, how many, how many episodes now? 15 episodes in or whatever it was like, and we're still, this universe is still getting bigger and like, we still have room to grow. And it's like, it makes you wonder like, okay, is season two when some, some pieces really start moving because we're done. Like this whole first season is like the first Harry Potter. It's like, we're still getting you acclimated to the whole wizarding world. Like there is still so much storytelling to do once you finally get a a grip on what this universe even is about. Get a grip. O's. Give me the loop. Give me the loop. (laughs) Dig up, dig up. It's a stick up, stick up. Dig up, pick up. Thanks for listening to the Real Folk Dudes podcast. Be sure to check back as we break down more episodes and give you more anime content. The Real Folk Dudes will never